Hi everyone and welcome to Marvelous the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Although that sounds like I'm saying Marvelous the Falcon, like Conan the Barbarian and Bender the Great. Um, I'm Matthew and we're here to talk about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm joined by Abby the. Hi. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I just I didn't have a quick enough answer for that. Like you've got to, you've got to prep people for um, for the things we're going to be, aren't they? <laughs> Always just say magnificent. Oh, I would never have got there. That that would have been so far down the list of words. I'm slightly tired. Abby, the Monday person. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, let's stick with magnificent. I like it. And I'm joined by Laura the. No. I gave you time. I, I know. I know. This was banter. I know. <laughs> The whole time I'm thinking, thank you, Abby, thank you, Abby, thank you, Abby, thank you, Abby. No gratitude can wait. (laughs) Laura the Grateful. Laura the Stuart Berry. (laughs) Yes, yes. It's all going well. So, yeah, great start. High energy. Actually, no, no, I can tell you, I am Laura the Victorious Household Guardian Small Round Fruit. I like it. That was the thing that was going around on Twitter where you look up the meaning of all your names. Oh, yes, of course, the name thing. And I am Matthew, the gift from God. <laughs> I am her father's joy and the parts of a potato plant that grow above the ground. Oh, okay. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I, like I like it. We are here to discuss the episode Star Spangled Man. As in the Star Spangled Man with a plan. Mm-hmm. Or not. Uh, it, initial thoughts, please, Laura. Uh, I enjoyed it overall. Um, it's incredibly high quality. Uh, tackling some really important issues in an interesting way. But uh, slower burn. I just don't have that excitement for the next episode. Um, so I watched this around lunchtime on the Friday because I'd forgotten it was Friday and therefore didn't watch it at 8am. Uh, and then have not watched it until lunchtime today. And that was because we're podcasting, to be honest. And it's not kind of a, oh, it's awful. But a couple of times over the weekend, I thought, oh, I need to watch that so I can like write my notes properly. Mm-hmm. And just um, just didn't really fancy it, to be honest. So, hmm. oh. Abby, initial thoughts, please. I have a lot of thoughts. Um, some of those thoughts are, uh, this could have been episode one. Um, <laughs> this could have been an email. Th- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this could have been episode one again. It, it felt like we just had two episode ones. Because we chucked half the characters from last week's episode um, and didn't necessarily join it together. Um, I, I just, I found it very strange. It was a very different kind of episode. I think um, it covers so much mm. in such lean sequences um, that where, where it isn't lean or where it is sort of um, the point is the joke. I almost felt like we should have had longer episodes and a more show, more time mm-hmm. to um, to flesh things out. What I do think is that this feels more like a comic book than almost anything else I've seen Marvel do cinematically or televisually. It really mm. feels like it is pithily taking on the world um, and all of the things that, that are true and all of the things that could be true from a very specific American superhero perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, it is thought provoking. It is interesting. There are many interesting tableau. Mm-hmm. 
but there are six episodes of the show and we've seen a third of it now. Mm. <laughs> mm. What did you yeah, think? Yeah, re- a really interesting point about like episode one almost isn't relevant at this stage. Imagine if episode one had been two five, ten minute episodes about where these two characters are at this point and they each end with them watching the thing about mm. Captain America being announced and then that's the introduction to this show. That would have been quite a nice little vignettes to get us there. Mm. Anyway. Um, oh, I think it was fine. I think I utterly agree with the two of you. Like, and, and we've now had two episodes where the two cliffhangers to get you like, oh, I can't wait to see what happens, are things we knew. Yeah. We knew Zemo was going to be in this, and we knew someone else was going to be Captain America. So You're absolutely right. If we hadn't known those two, at the end mm-hmm. of each of those episodes, I absolutely would have been in the headspace of... What? But, uh, oh, interesting. I wouldn't know what's mm. happening. Yeah. Yeah, so you know, it's not it's not grabbing me yet, and, and I'm finding some of the longer sequences, particularly the fight, like the fight in the first one, just go on a while and then don't resolve to anything. Mm. Yeah, I I was completely hooked when I was watching it um, mm. the first time around, and I was really gripped by it. I was really enjoying it. I was really interested in there's there's just so much scene after scene, and then watching it back um, just before this. It really felt like you could see the workings, and it it really felt like a kind of grab bag, um, mm-hmm. of of things. I think things when I watched it the second time was, and was um, making my notes, there were so many things that I like. Mm. Yeah, oh, that seems really good, or the fact the the way they dealt with that was really good. Da, da, da. But as a general impression of it, it's fine. Mm. But why mm. why do you think that is? Like, how can it have so many good bits? And not necessarily like is it is it a show that's been edited together from a series of of longer stories? I mean, it's spinning a lot of plates. It's got a large cast. I think the thing is we've had so much set up that I'm you know I'm really hoping for three's the charm, and then you know and then we hit some big hmm. reveals or I I don't know what have you. But I just think I've, I think I've been spoiled by Wonder Vision. Because you know, well, I think they're very different. They're very they different. Very, they're very absolutely. different. Absolutely, and I'm trying to tell myself that. But the reaction I had every time the police standby came up, versus <sighs> yeah. the reaction I get, the, you know, when we go to the credits on this one. Mm. Would, would it have been good if these were nine episodes, and and short each episode was shorter, so we had that like, oh, I, I want a little bit more. No, I, I like I said, I just think that the thing is they're trying to serve lots of different people, you know. They've said that they want to um, attract new people in, so there's a lot of setting up. Hello, cat. <laughs> I can see a tail. I'm hoping it is yes. a cat. Okay, good. Uh... <laughs> I'm afraid you're going to have to edit a lot of this noise because you just him banging into the mic. <laughs> and now and now rubbing his face in it. Thank you, cat. Um, they're looking to serve a lot of different people, bring new people in on Disney+. Plus. So I think with that, they've had episode one was setting up the heroes, episode two setting up the antic antagonists. So I'm really hoping now we can get running. But yeah, six episodes. Um, then for those of us who have been following along beforehand and don't necessarily need quite the in-depth intro to them, it's um, I've enjoyed them. I, I don't think there's any particular bits that I'd say, oh, well, if only they hadn't done this or what have you. I think the biggest thing is if they, only they hadn't told us a lot of stuff in the in the run-up, in the marketing. I think that's the only thing I mm-hmm. probably would change. So I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I think there's really interesting characters in that. I love some of the stuff they've been doing with the characters. I think we might have that problem with marketing on all of it, mm. to be honest with you. That that 
might be part of the problem of A, being very close to it, and B, what Disney and Marvel do. Did either of you watch, like, 24 yes. shows of that ill? I am really ready to start watching 24 again now it's all is, on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> is this going for some of that audience? It's going for a slightly different audience than WandaVision, maybe? So that everyone gets their MCU show? And I was wondering about who the, the audience it's going for is, um, specifically. And maybe it's, in part, an audience that hasn't necessarily seen itself in the Marvel superheroes mm. in phases to date. So there's that. I mean, there's people who would just rather sit down and watch a TV show and haven't got the space to watch three hours of characters hitting each other with stuff. Like, <laughs> one one action sequence per episode, okay. Mm. Um, I, I wonder, I'm interested about the kind of the politics of this. It's the thing that's really been taking up a lot of my brain mm. this weekend. It's... I I wonder what it's what it is to be a uh, a white European viewer of this show in a sense because this whole kind of you know we have political parties that are for no borders and and so on in in Europe and we have a lot of this conversation and it doesn't necessarily go any better than it probably does in America but I feel like it's a a more familiar conversation and it is quite odd to see it reduced to kind of a, a few weird meaningless slogans that that don't necessarily mean anything to have people having a super soldier scenario and it's just kind of very vague it's really vague for for um for a bad guy that would necessitate american superheroes popping over to munich and like i really wish that if you if you're going to dig into the american military stuff like at least have them go to a german military base mm-hmm. and and like just tie those connections in because otherwise it's like guys you just come and beat the crap out of some children on top of a lorry <laughs> like that's a bit weird <laughs> try to try to yeah try try to and and it and it is it that aspect of things all feels very disjointed because if you think about the kind of the um sort of circumspect way they introduced villainry in one division and you know, grief was the bad guy all along. Which of the seven deadly sins is this bad guy? Like, I don't know. It's. <laughs> but I don't know if this is. I, I think they're antagonists. I don't think they're necessarily bad guys. Well, but that's the thing. They are antagonists, but are they sufficiently antagonistic to warrant Captain America, brand new Captain America? Or, or is this like, what am I not seeing? No, I agree with you. At the moment, I think maybe it's they weird. might get a bit of a boost when Zemo gets involved, however the hell he's going to get involved. Like, it's quite far away. But yeah, there is an helicopter. Of, why is this anything to do with you guys? None of them teleport. Doctor Strange did not chuck him over there. <laughs> you know? Why, why? Also, why don't they do that? They should probably or do Have that. one of his... Um... Teleporting. Yeah, things. one of his disciples. I felt like that'd be handy for the military. I mean, probably best that they don't, but, you know. I think I think it's really interesting with the military side of things. Um, so I've read a few articles that are talking about uh, Marvel's links with the military, mm. and particularly mm-hmm. their involvement with the Captain America films, with Iron Man, and with Captain Marvel. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you saw, but it was circulating again, the 2017 mishap they had where they were going to have a Comic-Con booth with... Northrop, I think it is, one of the mm. arms manufacturers. And there was like mm. a massive stink. And so um, they stepped down from that quite sensibly. But I think it's really interesting now what we're seeing. And we've seen it a little bit with Captain America in the past. 
with questioning the government and questioning the military side of things. You know, now we're getting we'll get into Isaiah, I'm sure, in more depth later. But but looking at and something which I think very white of me not to really think about, well very white and not American to think about, is when before we were talking about one of the reasons Sam not wanting to take up the the shield is feeling that he's not ready. There is also an element, I suppose, of not wanting to represent America because mm. of a good what, what it yeah has done to him yeah. and and people with the same colour skin. Mm. It's interesting that you said. I'm sure we'll see more of Isaiah. Sorry, I said, no. I said I'm sure we'll talk more about Isaiah. I'll talk more about. Him. We will. <laughs> But I, I, yeah, I, th- I think it's really interesting. This, that is exactly as you say, being white and not being American. I think this will hit differently. And I, I wonder how much of it. Um, I think what I'm what I'm trying to get at is how well understood it is how differently this will play out in different places, mm. both for the audience and for the for the show, like how how it looks. Mm. Um, and if it's intentional, and I, and I feel like, to an extent, it probably is, but it all feels very kind of softly, softly, like we're trying to do something interesting, but we don't want to say anything much, so we're not really saying anything much yet. And mm. um, Yeah. What what does Zemo want again? We don't know. What, we, okay. <laughs> we, we don't know, because he it was basically what he wanted was to destroy the Avengers. Right, we went through that last yeah. week, and I, what I was going to do was watch Civil War again, and then I just didn't have four and a half years to spare <laughs> over the weekend. But I will. <laughs> what one of my questions in this is: Is this series trying to justify Civil War? <laughs> Surely nobody not, would. Not necessarily trying to, but in the same way, like they didn't have to go to Thor two in, yeah. in Endgame, but they did, and it, it made Thor two better. My my issue with Civil War is that you could take Civil War out of the series and it doesn't really change anything. With with ever so slightly minor changes to things, everything else plays out exactly the same as it always did. Well, that seems a fair complaint. I mean, I, I no, can't say one way or the other. but Because, uh, yes, they weren't together, but they don't have to have been together for that fight. No, Captain America could st- still be off doing stuff in Wakanda or... But going back to what I was saying before, it, it leads to a very big change in Captain America. You know, going from being... It sort of progresses his arc in that, you know, he goes from being the absolute, the soldier through in oh, one of the other films. You know, starting... Well, I mean, in Avengers, you know, he's then starting to show the distrust. And then I think that continues on through um, with the Sokovia Accords and everything. It it does, but you take out the Sokovia Accords, you take out all of Civil War, where he is in Infinity War is still, oh, aliens have arrived, we need to fight them. I, I don't think the effect of Civil War, breaking up the Avengers, him not being Captain America anymore, in inverted commas, mm. actually is it, means Is it going to be aliens, wizards, and what was the other one? Androids. Androids. Wizards, and androids. Which... which like the, Sam's introduction is fighting Hydra people, and then, uh, admittedly, it's androids in Ultron. But then, that's a lot of people. I was gonna say, he, is he in Ultron? I don't think I mean, he is. He, don't remember him being in Ultron. I, I don't think he is in Ultron. 
I feel like he must be. Oh, yeah, no, because isn't he off looking for... He's at the, in the party scenes, he's off looking for Bucky. Yeah, he's off Fine. looking for Bucky, yeah. And then he's in Ant-Man, fighting a man who gets small. Yes. Like, this big three thing isn't he's true. He's watching a different and, show. He's yeah. been watching WandaVision. Yeah, right? <laughs> Which is which is it was on. I mean, again, I, I just felt like that. That was like a sketch. That was like the pitch sketch, mm. and it was in the trailer. And you know, when we were all okay. like, "Oh, it's going to be buddy buddy comedy," um, that's because there was this. Mm. Yeah, the the main buddy comedy bits we've seen in the trailer in these, which is mm. what I'm hoping. Because the thing is, I liked those bits. I do like their chemistry. I like the slightly lighter. Um, Bucky we're seeing slightly mm-hmm. in that yeah, you know, mm-hmm. he has lines. And so I like that, but almost everything we saw I've seen in the trailer or some version of it in the trailer. Mm. So I don't know how much more there really is to go from the trailers. So hopefully the you know, we'll see some new stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, fighting. Yeah, I I meant more as sort of their chemistry. I'd, yeah, I think their chemistry is really interesting, and I think that part of the problem is that they are both such good actors. Mm. Like they are as as actors, they are almost too good for the pithiness and mm. the comic book. Um, you know, I, I, the therapist sequence, which I'm really interested to hear your collective thoughts mm. on. Um, I just thought they they brought so much to this scene that did not necessarily need it and that was really interesting i mm. thought mm. um that was odd as for why the show isn't necessarily landing i i suspect it might be because we're watching two secondary characters who are very similar not be the main characters in their own show everything else going on around them kind of interesting well i felt like they were the main characters in the first episode yeah I didn't but, because you know we got we got to see so much of Sam mm-hmm. and his story and his sense of self and his character and his family and um you know there was a lot of I suppose maybe the second episode is what was unsaid in the first episode is is said in the second episode mm. um and possibly and I mean completely vice versa because he has no family and no <laughs> other people to interact with apart from Bucky and they're all in Germany somehow now um, mm. yeah Sebastian's dad's yeah. face acting it's is so fantastic good. Oh, he is really good fantastic. Yeah. I mean when you see him sat on the floor watching the Captain America reveal it's just mm. yeah no, I, I'm he very impressed with speak. him yeah. very impressed Brilliant. with him with both of them as well I just I, I thought the therapist sequence was so interesting because I mean, I have have a long history in many, many fandoms over the years, and we talked a bit about how we thought that chemistry element would play, what with Bucky being the internet's boyfriend and mm-hmm. so on, um, and how we thought they were going to work with it. And I thought this was just such an interesting take on pushing two actors uh, to be close to each other, and I thought that the actors brought a real sense of vulnerability and anxiety, mm. um, which was really unusual and interesting I thought to see I had wondered how they were going to deal with that sort of thing Hmm. and it was not quite I expected more of the well now we've had to roll on the ground together (laughs) so part part of the thing no let's start that again when they first meet it's civil war I think is is the hunt for Bucky um 
and then bringing Bucky in. They fight and, in Winter Soldier. Yes, but in terms of them as having a relationship. No. Yes, you're right. Uh, and I, I sort of assume the antagoniz- antagonization between them is, is partially because Sam doesn't really trust Bucky. You know, he has been attacked by him, so you would be wary of this person. And from Bucky's perspective, there is also a thing of Steve's getting a new Bessie. Yeah. Um, something along those lines, you know, wanting to keep his friend and, you know, he doesn't trust anyone or something. Because Bucky is a slightly different person when we see the flashback stuff in, or the, the, the Bucky stuff, in fact, in the first Captain America. Yeah. But I, when they said, you know, you you have a miracle overnight, mm-hmm. and they're both like, yeah, he stops talking so much. I was like, that's not an answer no. either of you are going to give, given everything I've seen so far. You have one quippy conversation. Mm. But but I think that's the thing, isn't it? That's what I really like about that scene, is that they play so well going from the real surface deflecting, as she said, you know, and don't answer something childish. They go from that to then... And it... it it was quick, but it didn't feel hmm. um, false. That then, you know, they actually do go into a proper conversation about, you know, Bucky is so upset that Sam's mm. given up the shield. And mm. having been someone who was never particularly impressed with Sebastian Stan before, when he delivers that line of, you know, if you, and I didn't see it coming. I, d- I didn't know that was why he was so annoyed. I just thought he was annoyed because, um, you know, because this is what Steve wants and we're not seeing what Steve wants happen. Um, but this idea that it was that deeper and it was because, you know, he thought well, that reflected on him. Hmm. Yeah, I really loved that line, um, which was what my wife said was going to be Bucky's problem. So she was very smug about ah. that. So, um, <laughs> I mean, if we if we were playing what Pegs was going to want to see um, in Winter Soldier, I think just being right. And she enjoyed being right about that. Um, <laughs> And and I thought it, it is it is a really good point. It was really nicely made, and yeah, again the the whole kind of vulnerability of that scene really landed for me and was really surprising. Hmm. Um, as you say, going from this kind of skittish setup that didn't really work for me, um, but once it kind of moved into this place where they actually got to have a meaningful conversation. I mean, one of my favourite things in television in this modern day and age is that characters do actually say the things that you want them to say to each other and then we have to do the next storyline instead of it just getting, you know, nine series just to have someone say, I quite fancy you, maybe. Um, <laughs> it's it's nice to have characters saying what mm. they mean. And it did seem like we were getting meaningful turning points um, in those conversations. You do not look convinced, mm. Matthew. I, I, I think Bucky said something interesting. I don't feel Sam particularly responded. I don't feel that conversation has been had. I think that's no, now out coming. there. But... but I think he's placeholdering it. You know, mm. trust that I did what I thought was right. I thought was a really interesting line. And I thought mm. it left a lot of room. I think that's because that's going to be a much bigger conversation yeah. that we're building mm. up to. And I wonder if there's a sense of how are they going to be proven either way with what happens with the new Captain America, with Walker. What do you think about Walker being introduced as somebody who did not, in fact, want to be on opposite sides and was kind of introduced as if he was also the lead in the show? I really liked it because we talked um, a little bit last time about um, who the... Uh, US agent as it is actually uh, who John Walker might end up being 
And uh, I said, you know, it, my understanding was from the comics, he was kind of a right wing Captain America. Hmm. But so I, you know, that's what I was expecting. I was expecting him to go straight. Out. And I love the fact that they humanize him to start with. And they treat him in a much more sympathetic portrayal. You know, he's a hero. He has been selfless, et cetera, mm-hmm. the things they talk about. They show him when, you know, when he's talking to Bucky and Sam and trying to convince them, you know, he's he's coming across a very reasonably saying, I understand why you guys wouldn't like what's happening, but, you know, we have to work together. When they him, show him being nervous before he goes out, that, you know, he really mm-hmm. doesn't want to let people down. And he understands the way of the Captain America mantle. I still hate him. And I think that's really, I think he's written really well because Mm -hmm. the fact that I can absolutely see all of those things and yet still be really wanting someone to punch him. Um, (laughs) One thing that I did, and I don't know if it's just that I'm really looking out for it now, but it did feel a little bit tropey that he has a black friend and a black wife. Uh, The wife I don't know that. Feels like it's just modern storytelling. It, Let's no, get inclusi- inclusivity wherever we can. Making sure that we have that at the beginning, because yeah. because I have to be honest, my reaction to it was, oh, good, so he's not going to be the racist one, that yeah, you know, a racist Captain America. And then I was thinking, mm-hmm. oh god, I'm falling completely into that of, oh well, he's got a friend and therefore he's not racist. <laughs> Do you know? And so I don't know. Yeah. I've just now started double guessing things. I think. I, I think the best friend is to absolutely show us that he has his own Sam Stroke Rhodey sort of sidekick that he is you know any of the characters that we know and love from an alternate dimension kind mm. of thing you know the, the, some of the shots of them on either side of the car and so on like they're absolutely setting us up that this is yeah. an all yeah it, and i really like that i i yeah exactly like you i love what they're doing i am i don't want him to be racist or awful no. or have an agenda or anything what if he was just a man mm. with a man's courage Nothing but a man who can never, never fail, fail, but he's not a super soldier. He's just going and doing what he can. And, and like, he can't be Captain America because he's not a super soldier. So maybe that's going to be somewhere we go to because there's now a serum. Well, he certainly, he seems to be jacked up with something. I was going to say, because I'm a little hmm. suspicious. They, they say in that Good Morning America interview, he tested off the charts physically and intellectually. Mm-hmm. So is there like some secret super soldier serum, like a diluted version or something? Is Hayward well, going he around? Was... Yeah, I mean, jabbing yeah, people. We... <laughs> he was on the football team, right? That was a mm. football thing that he'd been in before. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it happens. Yeah, but I mean, off Not... the charts. Oh, sorry, are you saying that he would have been? Uh, yeah. I'm saying that they they yeah. could they could have been they could have identified him early on. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. and and he's served for a long time with distinction and all these special mm. things that he's done. What I did think was interesting was that he was um, they they really made a point of, of qualifying him mm-hmm. and sort of um, expressing his uh, it's almost like a Sorkin-esque resume scene. Oh yes, okay, yeah, 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 right. Yes. <laughs> and, and I thought that was quite entertaining. It, important uh, to do somewhere and, and yes, I think yeah. it came across. But yeah, I'm I, I'm really hoping it's just these guys have to learn to work with him and either deal with it or they take it on for whatever reason because he can't be Captain America. Something. Well, what what I wonder mm. is what is the goal here? I mean, is the goal that Sam becomes Captain America? I mean, I know that is a a plot, but is that this plot? Like, is that where we're going? And I think that that's sort of my big question now is is the question whether Sam should be Captain America? Is the question whether Captain America is just one of many 
superheroes? Or is the question, is Captain America from another age and not something that will be carrying on under that? And what does that mean for legacy and, and how mm. do we talk about legacy? And I think that that would be an interesting one. You know, maybe if the bad guy is legacy, um, then there's a lot we could do with that mm. on all sides. I think it'd be very interesting if they decided that it's better not to have a Captain America now. I think that would be very interesting. I don't see them doing it, unfortunately. But also, I think there is a thing, you know, there is something amazing about having Sam as Captain America if they can get it to a position where what he is standing for, what he's representing is something that he feels comfortable doing. Mm. What if what if the MCU becomes kind of the modern Star Trek? It is, this is what we want the future to be. The black man representing it and peace and love across all nations and so on. What, like mm. flag, ma- flag that. smashers? Yeah, then the flag <laughs> smashers are going to win. <laughs> um, like you say, they come across as antagonists because they're being chased by the power broker and they're stealing, yeah. they're, you know, they're beloved by people when they go in places and they're stealing medicines and vaccines. So, I mean, they call you Robin Hood is really laying it on for the rest of the world who yes. just wanted to check where we were at mm. um, on that. Interesting, when we're talking about the, the, them and the, the governmental organisations, you know, they when they run, they say it's um, the power brokers, men are coming. Mm-hmm. Those were agents of some kind that turned up. Um, interesting. It actually it came up on my closed caption that agents okay. said, and they say, you know, freeze. Mm. It was very law enforcement It was. Mm. It didn't feel like hired mercenaries. Mm. So... It could be the power broker is embedded in an agency somewhere or governmental. Hmm. Because the other thing is, you know, we talk a lot about kind of America and American things. And I've noticed a couple of times in both episodes we have interchanged between uh, representing America and the people. And, you know, the world is is counting on me. We, you know, Mm. we've we've flickered between the world and America Mm. a couple of times, Mm. um, which always jumps out. And, you know, we have... America and we have Wakanda and we have Sokovia and you know we have people from a few different places but are we going to see a more global superhero tonight I mean is this a bit like when we just wanted the X-Men to come um but you know can we can we have some more international Marvel superheroes I don't know you know got Thor from Asgard <laughs> the Nine yeah. Realms <laughs> yeah that's the thing. Yeah. Like, is is it going to start feeling more global, and especially without Tony kind of anchoring everything in in mm. billionaireism? Yeah, I mean, it could be the fact that when Walker was announced in episode one, it was in a speech saying we've had superheroes for the world. Now we need one for America, mm. and I don't think, at least after, well, I don't think the Steve Cap. Yes, he was Captain America. But that wasn't a moniker he chose, and it was well, more it was, what it, was, it represented at the time. Yeah, and I think that's different now. So, and I think that that's sort of the thing, isn't it? Is is what is is it better to have a mantle that you create yourself? Mm. Um, and I guess when you, when we think about what we might see um, in Thor, uh, Love and Thunder, and about kind of you know people becoming potentially. Um, I, I just I wonder what the kind of consequences I guess of this series would be. 
And, you know, this is where we got into trouble with WandaVision is wondering what the consequences would be. <laughs> and maybe there just aren't any consequences. Maybe it's six episodes and we could all be quiet and have a jolly good time watching it and having having fun. No, but, um, mean, but... The, the, cons- <laughs> the consequences of WandaVision is that we've got the Scarlet Witch out there and we know she's going to be big in Phase 4. So exactly. um, Malcolm Spellman, the showrunner slash head writer for this, has also said that um, this series is, is setting up at least three other MCU properties. Nice. Well, that's interesting. Do mm. we know what they are? No, he wouldn't say. Um, although he has been very talkative in a number of interviews. I think he's sort yeah. of saying more than they've said before. Mm. I wonder if that's a, almost like ensuring that the conversation is correctly orientated. Um, of course, that would require me to have actually listened to the thing you sent the link to and I didn't assuming you would summarise today <laughs> I don't, I don't um, think he said it in that interview it was something else I read today uh-huh. but I, I did wonder last week whether they were going to continue with any of the race elements or if it was just going to be very light touch I feel like they've still a little light touch but a heavier touch this week uh, certainly the, the um, moment with Isaiah and the coming of the police after that you know, they're, they're, they're actually delivering moments that we all recognise and know that story. Um, and I think are going to be commenting on things more. So, Yeah, mm. I it's confronting a lot of this stuff in that mm-hmm. when I saw the police scene, my immediate reaction was, well, that's a bit over the top, isn't it? And then my immediate reaction after that is, no, Laura, it's not. It's just not your experience. Yeah. Uh, both, again, from the white point of view but also from i think the non-american point of view as well mm-hmm. you know particularly the hand on the gun mm. you know that kind of body language where our police generally don't cover carry guns it's uh used to um <laughs> yeah hmm. but yeah it's and i think also there was you know there's the sequence where it's like um well i'm not black falcon just falcon mm-hmm. um which i thought was very very neat and very clear and i Again, I kind of like the clarity and the directness of this, and it's sort of, it's very direct in those things. So I think that's one of the other things, though, that makes it tonally slightly confusing, is is that you can see that there is great power and clarity and ability and to be very clear about things. So when mm. they're not being clear about things, that is a choice. Mm. And sometimes it's a bit like having things kind of glossed over or like you will tell you when we're ready. And sometimes it's good and sometimes it's less so. They, they <laughs> could be building up to an excellent boner joke. Absolutely. <laughs> so oh, don't. Please don't. let's move on. Let's talk. Uh, Isaiah, was Isaiah Bradley? Yeah, Isaiah. Was that his name? Um, played by Carl Lumbly. I love him. Delighted to see on screen. So in excited anything. to see him. Marcus Dixon. From Alias. Is that from Alias? And yeah. uh, for, for several years, he played the Martian Manhunter, John Johns, in various animated DC things. Oh, and then yeah. in Supergirl, he plays the Martian Manhunter's dad. Oh, does he? He's And, and he's, he was in Cagney and Lacey for a very long oh, time. He's in huge wow. amounts of stuff. <laughs> he, will, like, he will always be Marcus to me. Yeah. He's a delight to see on screen and delivering a performance. Oh, what a performance. You know? Again, so much so much mm. in a very short period of time you could feel the restrained anger in him yeah particularly mm. seeing what he could have done mm-hmm. um and god he looks jacked 
I don't know if that <laughs> yeah. is actually Carl Lovely. But just... Well, now I, I find myself looking at all the men in Marvel going, how much is false? <laughs> <laughs> After the saga of Paul Bettany's ass. Yeah. Just... <laughs> but, um, but that looked real, I thought. That yeah. was... That was... Uh, he looked like a solid man and I believed everything and I thought that was a great line to add storyline mm. I hope we do see more of him I hope we do go back to him yeah totally agree uh, I, I feel like we might I feel like there might be something if we are to get Falcon as Captain America a thing of yes we should have done right by him and this is our opportunity to do right here but I feel like to do that they'll have to possibly turn Walker into something of a bad guy a reason that he's not done. Maybe he does throw himself on a grenade. Mm. You want to lie down on the wire? Uh, but we'll see. But I, I enjoyed that. And I also enjoyed Carly Morgenthau mm. as lead yes. with the Flag Smashers. Again, really interesting because there there is a slight element of ambiguity in her performance of quite how much they're bad guys or not. Mm-hmm. And wh- whether they are by, by their actions and by their intentions. And quite a few are British, so... Yeah. And she, <laughs> she's very British because she used the word arse. Yep, so, FYI. God, these arseholes. <laughs> oh, it brought me some joy. Yeah. I, I love her. She's um, great. But the smile she puts on when she kicks Bucky out of the truck. Like, mm. it's a proper got ya moment. I'm, he, I'm interested and, in her shades of grey. He underestimated, he assumed that mm. she's the hostage because she's a little girl. Mm. Well, she was assuming a very hostage, wide-eyed. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Don't hurt me. Absolutely. Um, I thought her character was really interestingly drawn and that kind of, the sort of leadership she's exuding is, is quite unusual, I think. I'm so pleased to see her after, um, so she was Emphas Nest in mm-hmm. Solo mm-hmm. and I remember when I saw her there and I think that's probably the only thing I've seen her in uh, only other thing I've seen her in but uh, they didn't really do very much with her I thought oh this is going to be exciting and then they didn't really do much with her in that film so seeing no, her here yeah. and she definitely has you know, can fulfil the potential of a really interesting role and obviously I love the fact that she's been gender flipped from the comics as well because she was Carl Always a really good take. So, so she is Erin Kellerman from Tamworth. Um, she was also Eponine in the TV adaptation of Les Mis. I didn't see that. Is she in something else? I feel like there's something else. She's, she's going to be in Green Knight. Oh, now that I am excited mm. for. Mm. But um, will we ever get to see it? Who knows? So I, um, yeah. I, I think this was an episode with good introductions, but in the same way last week was an episode with good introductions. Yeah. So I... You know, episode three needs to kick on. In the, in the same way, we had sort of episode three and four of uh, Division, which introduced the, the MCU world, but also gave us a lot more interesting stuff in the sitcom world. This is the point they really need to start doing something to go, oh, okay, we can see what the show is. Mm. Presumably we now have a sit-down chat with Zeno of some sort. Yeah. Mm. I wonder if he's going to try the words on Bucky. I mean, you've got to assume someone else has tried them first to double-check they don't want No, no, right. but he doesn't know that necessarily, does he? Mm. He's been locked up in his super-security prison. How how much, because, again, you know, this is the section of the show where we catch me up on <laughs> the MCU thus far. Um, how likely are, are we to have Bucky kind of hulk out? How likely is that to be a storyline, or is that really done? Oh, no. 
<laughs> uh, Marvel loves people fighting, the heroes fighting each other, and they're going to make it happen with Sam and Bucky. And... Do you think I, that's... I think they will fight at some point, but I think it will yeah. be over a disagreement as how something should go, and okay. one tries to stop the other versus... I think if it wasn't for all the um, therapy stuff we're seeing, then yes, I would say, yeah, they're going to reverse him. But them digging into his character and and his recovery to then reverse him just for a, for thrills, I think is. I would be see, seeing the quality of the writing, and I know I've been saying, but mm-hmm. when we take the bits we take apart, mm. um, you know, as we've said, some of these scenes are fantastic. Then, I would be really disappointed if they do. I'm not saying it's mm. impossible, but I think it would be a real backward step for them. Is it is is it going to be a fake out? Oh yeah, I can completely Maybe. see them doing that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So even yeah, Zemo saying the words and Bucky acting as if he's been activated again mm, for some yeah. reason, so that they can get some information mm. from him, what his mission is or what have you, and then a gotcha moment. Completely can see that. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I mean, mm. as you say, episode three has to do something else because it, apart from. So, you know, can't start introducing anymore. I'd love well, to pick up. Threads. But we do have two key characters to introduce: Zemo and Sharon Carter. So mm. we could. Still oh, have Sharon Carter's going to be in this. Yeah, she's mm. in the final oh, credits. I didn't know that. Pictures of her mm. in the credit scenes. Oh, really? Yeah. And they've referenced her enough that, like, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah I did notice some references. Mm. So, what? Why? <laughs> why? Why would she be in this? I feel like with the same sort of feeling I have with Wanda, they've not quite delivered on the promise of the character. She's a good character in her own right. So, you know, maybe this is the time they actually show, oh, yeah, she's doing some good stuff with S.H.I.E.L.D., S.W.O.R.D., whatever agency she's working with at the moment. She was with the CIA, wasn't she? Okay. But, and this is something which I think could be quite, if they decide to develop this, because she then in Civil War gave... Falcon and Proper Cap, their weapons back. There was some mention in, I don't know if it was this episode or the last episode, of that she was then, you know, a wanted criminal or what have mm. you. So has she been on the run during this time? Oh, maybe actually. Maybe she's hiding out in Wakanda or somewhere. Mm. Hmm. Okay. I find that slightly worrisome <laughs> that there's still more to go. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's an odd dynamic, um, but I'm again. I'm, I'm glad we're doing this. I think it warrants thinking about. I think it warrants concentrating on during a pandemic. There's nothing else to <laughs> repeatedly watch this much, and it and it is giving me something. You know, it is bringing stuff up that I am interested in engaging with. I I hope when they start delivering delivering actual plot, that it'll be interesting and worth talking about. <laughs> Would it be okay if this was just a, a character development series? Or does it look too much like it's going to have a plot, a 24-esque plot, perhaps? I think they've done so much setting up. I, I, I'd i be really happy if it was just character development, but I think with the, they've spent two mm. episodes setting stuff up. There's a lot of pieces on the board. Yeah. Mm. Is there anything else on your notes that you wanted to comment on? Yeah, what, one of the other things I just wanted to touch on is um, the queer baiting in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, the them rolling over each other, the crotched knee positioning in the therapy session, etc. And again, Malcolm Spellman has been asked. Um, he was specifically asked if Bucky's bisexual, 
and he said something along the lines of, I'm not going to go down any rabbit holes here, but maybe watch this space. So I just think if they don't do something with it, because they clearly are. I, I think I, so this is sort of what I was getting at when I was talking about these sequences before, was I was expecting more accidental rolling. But I thought that putting them in a, in this position of vulnerability and making them have meaningful conversations mm-hmm. was a much more interesting way of of handling that. Um, and I, you know, queer baiting is a very real problem in a lot of television for a long time. But then, if you go further back, it's less baiting and more what representation looks like when things are illegal. Mm-hmm. So, I think that there's a lot of context and a lot of reactions i think that are possible and i think i've seen pretty much all of them um just even to these small sequences and i think that's that's fine i think that you know cap's new boyfriend um comes with baggage (laughs) and and i think that it's okay for them to do something i mean for now i'm pretty happy with what we got but i'd like the conversation. I don't see any chemistry. The the chemistry between I could see the chemistry between Steve and Bucky, but I don't. I just don't see. I see chemistry between these two guys, but not romantic or sexual chemistry. No, uh, but I think that um, the internet never lets a lack of romance get in the way of, <laughs> of any kind of tension being escalated to sexual. Let's say. Yeah, I I didn't read it. That comment aside, that comment yes, that feels like queer baiting. Certainly if they don't deliver anything. What they did felt like... uh, Towards the toxic masculinity end of the spectrum. It's we're we're gay panic, but without gay panic, it's just a bit... You know, when you hug a a man, you lean in a bit. You don't go Mm. toe-to-toe as to her. Um, And that's what they were doing (laughs) with the seating thing. And then rolling in his comments of, you could have used the shield... It's just that we wouldn't have been in this position if you hadn't given up the shield thing. It's, it's... Yeah. I, I don't think it's the worst thing I've ever seen. It's just mm. that and combination. And if, if there hadn't been all of the talk before about Steve and Bucky, I probably wouldn't be looking True. at it. But mm-hmm. this has been created in that circumstance. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Steve was the love of Bucky's life and there is mm. some conversation to that end. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's that element of loss yeah. that is hmm. waiting to be explored and I wouldn't be averse to that. I don't think that they're necessarily trying to replace that, but I, I just think they're showing a, a different kind of male closeness and mm. I think in, in a military context as well, I think that's interesting. I think the idea of like when she got them and sat them there like that, I was like, you know Marvel, your therapists are quite strange. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have not had extensive experience of American therapy outside, you know, cinema. But this is all a bit odd, and you know, and and I think as well one of the one of the things that you should do if you want to intentionally uh, attract or involve a fandom is not to do Sherlock season three, but instead to give the gift of opportunity. And I think that um, the gift of opportunity was presented here. There are sequences that you can extend, rewrite, enjoy. Here is a canon tableau <laughs> that you can rescript to your own personal ends and everyone goes home happy. And I think that is fine. Mm. But, I, okay. yeah. I love the idea of it being that um, Bucky opens up, that, that you know he did have the mm. feelings 
those feelings for Steve. What I don't want is that they just whack Falcon into the Steve role because then you're talking about then you're talking about he's hot, he's hot, let's be hot together. Yeah, Whereas, it's a shame that we can't have that, but no, I don't think we absolutely, can. No, <laughs> absolutely, but when we've got them talking about their feelings so much in this way, mm. and okay. yeah, I think that's why it's interesting to have them having. You know, it's 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 emotional baiting in a way. It's it's very unusual, and I and again, I think the actors are very aware of what they're handling. Yeah, mm. um, and I think that they've chosen to go with anxiety. And I think it works. <laughs> hmm. Less convinced? Yeah, I don't think they talked about their emotions so much. I, I I felt it really stood out against WandaVision that is all about grief and dealing with grief. And this is people bottling up their feelings. The show. Um, and being too butch to want to say it. But that's because I get annoyed by that sort of representation. So. But I think that's what we're then going to get is, you know, they say in that therapy session, Sam says, we don't like each other. I'm going to squash it down because we've got all this stuff to deal with. And then we'll both go on long vacations and we'll never see each other again. Hmm. I think, yes, there will be the dealing with the shield. But I think by the end of this, they're going to be busy mates. OK. And that's what we're going to see as a journey. mates now? I, I mean, do they genuinely not like each other? The the impression you get is, or, sorry, the impression I get is that um, they have respect for each other. And what they've achieved and the link that Steve. But as far I, as... I feel like like what I've been given is two men who are inextricably linked and can't get rid of each other even yeah. if they wanted to. But I also don't think they want to. Like you're not coming with me. Now we're having a staring contest. Yeah. You know. But I think it'll be about them actually opening up about that and, and actually mm. uh, I think I, I think some of it is how similar they are is the mm. thing, and that's possibly why they don't like each other if they don't like each other, because they're seeing their own flaws reflected back at them, maybe, mm-hmm. in someone else. Mm. Well, that's interesting. Mm. I did love the staring contest, because it is the sort of thing you just naturally go into, you know, <laughs> as a you know, sort of blokey thing. I don't like huge, ridiculous, toxic masculinity on screen, but that was quite funny. But the staring so, contest yeah, that is did fun. Work because, you know, you've done it, you just sat there and look at each other. Especially because they already starts. did it in the episode. I, yeah. I like that that they the just staring, keep happening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Um, and any other notes anyone wanted to pick up on? Uh, how much I wanted to punch Walker every time he said "fucky." Um, <laughs> I've I've got that a, a wizard absolutely is a sorcerer with a hat. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'll sign off on that. Uh, I have some mm-hmm. questions. If that was his, if that stadium at the beginning was his old high school, how big is his high school? College football. I am mm. led to believe they're like mm. that. But I mean, that was. No, I think, I mean, college football's like hundreds of thousands of people, right? I know, but that was high school. And and that is a, you know, a, a feeder into these things. Yeah, if that's if that's the big thing in their state in, in Minnesota or whatever it was. Minnesota, Ohio, something like that. Do we think Bucky has seen Lord of the Rings films? No. I think he should catch up. He definitely hasn't seen the Hobbit films because he would have approached that very differently. <laughs> yeah, Lord of the Rings films. <laughs> Different to Hobbit. Yeah, yeah. We didn't say you've read Lord of the Rings. I mean, maybe no, he was exactly. Maybe he's going to be very excited that... when he finds out there's another book. <laughs> yeah, did you know about the sequel? <laughs> maybe that's a delivery uh, later on. He's just sat there reading it like, no one told me. No one told me. I'm going to go look that up on AO3 because someone's definitely covered the bit where Sam says, right, we're going to sit down nine hours. Let's go. Extended version party. <laughs> Yes, I had, I hadn't, because I hadn't seen the trailers, but I had seen people quoting that line. 
And this whole thing of setting up Bucky is actually a slightly sensitive nerd at times with yeah. the taking girls to science fairs for uh, you know the world's fair and stuff for their for their date and so on. And he reads The Hobbit when it comes out. Mm. Mm. Before no it came out in the States. Before it was even published in the US, absolutely. Mm. <laughs> Maybe he was on a gap year. Mm. Yeah. Sorcerers. I, I like referencing Terry Pratchett over here. A <sighs> wizard is usually a seventh son of a seventh son. A sorcerer is the seventh son of a seventh son of a seventh son. A wizard squared. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Mm. I would be impressed if he'd come back with that, because then we could definitely say nerd. <laughs> that, that would have been a good thing. <gasps> we are still accepting entries to our very exciting giveaway. Donated by our wonderful friend and listener, Farflung Hope 5 we have a black and white 1950s Vision Funko Pop to give away. You can enter by tweeting at any of us uh, to tell us what you think is going to come in this series that's going to make us laugh, surprise us, be interesting, whether it happens or not. So we've had ideas on their comic book outfits and Sam adopting an actual Falcon as his sidekick. So let us know on Twitter. You can tweet at the show, at Eloquent Gushing. You can tweet at me, at Matthew Vose. Tweet at me, at Laura Geeks Out. And at me, at this AE Shaw. And all of those are in the show notes. If you tweeted us by the close of Sunday the 4th of April, Happy Easter, everyone. If you tweeted us by then, we will pick a winner for next week's episode. So you've got a few days after listening to this. Do make sure you open Twitter now. Oh, wait. Come up with something funny. Your best thing. And just send it. Send as many as you want. Send us something over. I'm sure everyone's got something good they can share uh, and enter with. So we look forward to giving the rate. And as ever, thank you very much, Rachel. It's an awesome thing. Thank you very much for listening. We, we're, I think we're looking forward to more coming, assuming it's going to be of high quality. So so I think I'm ready for something to start delivering. We just, we need to get there soon. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks very much for listening. Speak to everyone next week. Mm-hmm.